So this morning, I'm going to be reading from a text um, from Hebrews. Um, We don't know a lot about the author of the book of Hebrews. Um, It's located in the New Testament, and it is a letter written to um, believers in Jesus who were ethnically Hebrew and and traced their own cultural origins um, from their Jewish ancestors. And some of the writers of the New Testament are well known and they have like, you know, a string of greatest hits. I mean, obviously there's Paul who writes most of the Christian scriptures, but there's also Peter who manages to get a couple letters in there. John has like three letters. We don't ever hear from the writers of Hebrews again, except in this letter. So the writer of Hebrews is basically a one hit wonder. However, it's one of those earworms that gets in the ear of the Christian church And for thousands of years, we return to this text and to this letter as a way of understanding, again, our connection to the Jewish ancestors through Jesus Christ and into the life of the church. Um, So I'm going to read this text um, as a way of introducing our practice of All Saints Day. Um, This is still a new tradition for us that was born uh, really in the last few years. And so I appreciate everybody being part of this experiment. Um, But this is God's word in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. I'll read through 16 and then I'll jump ahead a bit. Um, The writer of Hebrews is speaking about uh, many of the Jewish ancestors and then says in verse 13, All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. And now skipping ahead to verse 32. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all of these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better, so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, 
looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. God, we stand in your presence. We come into your presence. We exist in your presence. And this morning, we thank you uh, for the faith of all who have come before us. We thank you because we stand in a long line of life that you have given to this earth. And we thank you that the brokenness and neediness of earth has not caused you to cut off uh, your giving of life, but you continue to give us life. And Lord Jesus, in your grace and mercy, you give us new life by your Spirit. So as we open the text today and as we remember those who have gone before us, giving you thanks for their lives and grieving their absence. In all of these things, we pray, Spirit of God, speak to the Word of God. Speak to the people of God through the Word of God. And everybody said, Amen. Amen, amen. So All Saints Day is this day in the life of the church where we pay special attention uh, to the memory of those who is of of those who have gone before us. Even as Octaviano was saying, we pay, we pay attention, we remember. Um, we grieve the loss of those we miss. We especially grieve those who were taken too soon, whether through illness or tragedy. Um, but in all cases, we grieve the absence of those that we miss. Um, and we give thanks for the ways that God has shown us grace through their lives. In many cases, this is because of the faith in Jesus Christ that they handed on to us. The life-giving, renewing experiences that they experienced through following the crucified King. That they prayed their children would have and and, uh, which we benefit from now. Um, But I would say this morning that even those who did not profess faith in Jesus, even in those cases, God shows us grace in their lives. God gives us something through those who have come before us. It, it, it really testifies to the profound connection of all people. And on All Saints Day, we have a chance to, to ponder, to reflect, to give thanks, um, to acknowledge that God has taken very special care for each of us to be alive today. And a great deal of love has gone into us existing on this earth. This All Saints Day comes with a special kind of poignancy for me as we face this historic election. And I found myself, I don't know how your week's going, I have found myself very emotional this week as I consider the state of our nation at this time and the legacy of those who have come before us. And as we at Access have opened our hearts to the struggles of our family who's living outside, or our family who's living without documents, or our family who is living in fear for their black lives, as we have opened our eyes and our ears to the Word and the Spirit of God, 
allowing the Lord to expand our vision of Jesus from the inside out. It is easy in in the midst of that experience and in the midst of this moment to feel like we are in the wrong place or that we are going the wrong way or that we are all alone. But on All Saints Day of 2020, the Word of God testifies that we can face this moment. We can face the moment we are in. We can face 2020 and all of the nasty ways people want to describe that. We can face this moment because of the faith of those who came before us. We can face this moment because of the witness of the ones who came before us. Because each one of them is a witness to the one who comes first. And and I see good news in this text, church, because the text I just read tells me that we are not in the wrong place. And it tells me that we are not on the wrong path. And it tells me, thanks be to God, that we are not alone. We are not out of place, church. We feel out of place because we are headed from the way things are into a better world. Check out verse 13. They confessed, it says, our ancestors in the faith confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But, but as it is, they desire a better country, a heavenly one. As followers of Jesus, if we feel out of place, God's word welcomes us to excellent company. Noah, Abraham, Moses, and so many others felt out of place. They were out of place in their families. They were out of place in their cultures. They were out of place in the political landscape of the day and the religious landscape of the day. And yet we see in their witness a story of unsatisfied migrant misfits who found satisfaction in God. They found satisfaction in God. And we, and we join them. Unsatisfied with what? with the way the world is. Migrating, why? For all the reasons people still migrate, for environmental disaster, for political uh, violence, for lack of resources, or just for a deep sense from God that it was time to go. But the word makes it clear that the satisfaction of their longings would never be found in a nation state or in an ethnic group or even in a homeland. In fact, as followers of Jesus, God's people waved the right to all those things because all of their wanderings pointed them and point us today to our only true home, which is the presence of our Creator inside of us and all around us. And family, that means living as a misfit in this world. And that hurts me a little bit because I want so badly to feel that I belong But the word tells me that I'm going to live as a misfit in this world if I follow Jesus because I will be journeying from the way things are to the way God longs for them to be. And that's not a bad thing. Actually, theologian um, Robert Chow Romero says in his book, Brown Church, he says, migration is a grace. 
even being forced to leave our homeland, uh, says Dr. Romero, even being forced to leave our homeland can become a gift because it becomes a way that we can know Jesus who himself was forced to leave his home. Secondly, I just want to acknowledge that when we face difficulties, we are not on the wrong path. We are struggling against evil. There's this list in verse 32, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel. And then it talks about people being tortured in verse 35, uh, people suffering, mocking, and flogging, people being in chains, people being in prison. And then it gets gory. People are getting like killed with rocks. They're getting chopped in half. It's like, was that really necessary? Author of Hebrews, like that's some gory stuff. The point is they struggled. It says they lived in caves and holes in the ground. And this is so profound for us because in our day and age, and in my, you know, <laughs> wannabe Instagram influencer lifestyle, we are made to feel that if we struggle, we're doing it wrong. I mean, how many lists have you seen on the internet telling you you're doing it wrong? Like 23 things you're doing wrong in your home. 10 things you're doing wrong in the shower. In the shower? Really? Uh, you know, 17 reasons why you should never eat this food again. We're getting blasted with information telling us that if we're struggling, we're doing it wrong. And look, I'm, uh, we all need to study and learn. Please, let's all study and learn. If you've got a neighbor, tell them study and learn. But listen, no amount of learning will excuse us from the human reality of struggle. The people listed in this text were people who struggled against evil. Evil outside of themselves and evil within themselves. Church, part of the reason this is such a hot moment in the USA is that we are naming as never before the broken promises of our nation. And as the voices of those who have not benefited from the beautiful promise of equality are raised we are now reckoning as never before with the evil in our systems and the evil in our history. This struggle is happening because folks who have not been listened to are now raising their vo voices. And some of us are panicking. All right, some of us think this means we need to like be crossing the border to Canada or some of you are in Canada, hello. Uh, but... So some of us think, you know, maybe we need to go back to where our families come from. Maybe we need to go to Argentina. I don't know. Uh, look, this land has seen at least 500 years of violence and oppression. I mean, did we think it would roll over and play dead? Honestly, actually, I kind of did. I thought maybe like a well-reasoned Facebook argument and a few savage memes would take care of it. Now, that is so 2015. Is it not? That is so 2015. I was wrong. But check it out. Evil is not just out there. Ooh, that would be nice if evil was just out there. If we're honest, evil is in here. And in the text, we see Gideon, Barak, Samson, David. Those folks had to struggle with evil within themselves. And before we call out evil in the world, the people of God are always called to face the evil within ourselves. 
to face the realities of our own addictions, our own dishonesties, our own broken relationships and broken promises. And as we face those things, we experience a surge of conflict inside of ourselves. But it's not because we're going the wrong way. It's because we are struggling against evil. It's because we're growing and getting healthier. It's because we're paying more attention to God's presence in all of our lives, including parts of our lives that had previously been off limits. We're struggling not because we're going the wrong way, but because we are confronting evil within us and evil around us. And finally, I think my favorite news, the best news is that we don't go through any of this alone. We are not alone. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses that point us toward the presence of Jesus himself. And I believe that even folks who, for one reason or another, didn't have the understanding to call on the name of Jesus, every time they sowed love into planet Earth, every time they sowed truth into planet Earth. Every time they sowed kindness and generosity, that was the spirit of Jesus working through them. And that is why we are here today. We are the people that Abraham dreamed of when God promised that his descendants would be more numerous than the stars in the sky or the sand on the seashore. We are the people that Jesus sweat blood for in the garden on the night he was betrayed because of his burning desire that all people would know their preciousness before God. We are the people that our ancestors prayed for, that our grandparents pleaded with God for and dreamed would come into the world. And what the text tells us and what the church believes is that their witness is with us now. Each one, in their own way, a light, pointing us to the one who begins and finishes our faith. And by the Spirit of God, Jesus will gather all to himself, gathering all of us. And at this time and in this moment, he is calling us to persevere to keep his way, to not lose heart, but to remember what he was willing to go through for our sake and the light and love that have been sown into us to allow us to face this moment. We can face this moment. And Jesus Christ himself surrendered his home in order to become a misfit on the way to a better world. He felt the pain and the discouragement of struggling against evil. And because he is God with us, his life, his death, his resurrection, and yes, his return, promise us that we will never be alone. And we can face this moment because of the faith of those who came before us. We can face this moment because of the witness of the ones who came before us, because each one of them is a witness to the one who came first. So let's pray together as we prepare to remember those who have gone ahead. Lord Jesus Christ, who comes first, who begins and finishes our faith, we thank you for the grace and the love 
that is shown to us in all who came before. We pray, God, that the witness of your people would give us the strength to face this moment with faith and hope and love. Love that flows from the throne of heaven into our hearts and souls and even to our enemies. Lord Jesus Christ, you have embraced all of us and you gather us into the cloud of witnesses that say, God is love, God is the way, our hope is in God. So let it be in our hearts and in our homes and in the whole world. Amen.